We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Fakes it This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, May 14th. May the 14th be with you. I'm your host of the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got JD with me tonight. Hello. Got Justin. Hello, everybody. And Taylor's here. You know, I just, uh, it can't just be me getting better on the podcast. I need the other five hosts to to get better alongside me. (laughs) Okay, Joel. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was the Joel Claus. Like, what the yeah. hell is this? <laughs> What's wrong with Taylor? I was trying to think of something recent, and uh, yeah. that's all I really had to go off yeah. of. Well, we are brought to you by the Blue, the Blue Wire Podcast Network, dailythunder.com. If you're watching us live on the YouTube stream, what's up? Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're not, you should be. Go sub to our YouTube channel. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday night during the offseason at 9 p.m. Central Time. Except for this week, since Tuesday is the draft lottery, we'll be live on Tuesday instead of Wednesday at 9 p.m. But I'm making an executive decision. If they jump in the lottery, we're just hopping on the stream and just whatever happens, happens. Whatever is said, (laughs) whatever words are uttered, we're letting it fly. I'm in. Love it. I'm absolutely in. I'm getting excited. Yeah, it's hard not to be excited, you know. Like, just the there's a there's a chance, you know. One point seven, it's it's something. Yeah. <laughs> Enough there's to been worse odds. Yeah, people keep saying one point seven percent. Like, oh, that's like impossible. It's not going to happen. Say that to somebody struck by lightning. See how they feel about one point seven percent odds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Think about some okay. of these uh, crazy comebacks we saw in the NBA this season. Way yeah. less odds than one point seven. A few years ago, Thunder had 0.2% odds to make the playoffs with Chris Paul. Tell them 1.7. <laughs> Context, baby. <laughs> uh. 
I don't know. I've just been thinking about that recently. Um, speaking of Tuesday being the draft lottery, you guys said it's exciting. It's fun to be excited and not nervous True. about the draft lottery. Yeah. That's a like, great point. The fate of the franchise doesn't hinge on some stupid lottery balls. Can I respectfully disagree? <laughs> okay. I I it, not not in that the the fate of the Thunder franchise doesn't not depend on the lottery this week, but I, it's fun to be nervous. I think uh, I don't know. It's more fun. Start, like if you feeling funny, you got to poop. Like it's just it's not a good time. If you were in the Wimby sweepstakes, like that's, I mean that that's once in a lifetime. Like jitters. that's true. When it pays off, like like yeah, last year, we got out being the Charlotte two. Hornets and then you don't hit. Yeah, and it's like, what are we have going for us? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Hope Michael. We, we spent one hundred twenty million dollars on a. Um, oh, I can't even think of the kid's name. The, the no, Gordon the white Hayward? guy. Oh, Gordon, Gordon Hayward. Hayward. <laughs> you said kid, and I was like, huh. yeah. he's like, old. Yeah, he is kind of old. I wonder if he still plays League of Legends. Oh, I forgot about that. Probably I just does. think like it. There, it's so much fun. Like last year was so much fun. Like the ecstasy of the Thunder getting second. Taylor's face when the Thunder <laughs> yes, got second. Yes, yes, yeah, that's yes, iconic. Yes. You can't beat up. that. And Justin, I'm kind of with you. Like once when 14 and 13 happen and the Thunder are coming up, I'm going to feel nervous for the first. Oh, yeah. If only oh, yeah. for, and, for and three and a half seconds. seconds. So. Yeah, three yeah. and a half seconds. It's going to be real fast. <laughs> It'll be just a quick peek in a valley. If they don't get called at 12, then I'm going to lose it again. Oh, and I'm get really nervous. Here's the thing. I'm going to be nervous on 14 and 13. Correct. Because that's like if they get called at 14 or 13, drop. that means that they've dropped. Yeah. And that, I mean, the difference in 12 and 13, like, isn't massive, but still sucks. But it means someone else yeah. jumped, which mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. And it should be us jumping. <laughs> Correct. That's our 12th best. That's I'm, right. I'm not our 1.7% chance. If they draw 12 and don't say Oklahoma City, I like, might have to fire up the stream no during the uh, commercial break. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Nah, well, I like, so don't have so, to worry about that problem. Ju- Justin's down in <laughs> Dallas, but Silva, Taylor, and I are thinking about linking up on Tuesday night, watching the draft lottery together. Nice. Like, <laughs> pending uh, what Jake is about to say of his reaction. Um, <laughs> so here's my reaction I will literally behead Taylor. You know that clip of. He's uh, out on busy on Tuesday. <laughs> you know that clip of Steve Ballmer where he's like grabbing the dude's thighs? Yes. Oh. That's me to JD and Taylor and Hansy. If twelve doesn't come up, Oklahoma City. Oh, well, we may need a camera on that then, just for <laughs> like legal purposes. Thunder, thunder crotch cam. Hey, we can turn on uh, the IG live. You never meant. know what happens on IG live. That's no, no. Oh, if they don't get called at twelve, that is going to be insane, guys. Mass and here's hysteria. the thing: like, if they don't get called at twelve. Here's the outcomes. We come back from commercial break after I've hyperventilated, um, taken off my shirt, probably lost my pants at that point as well. My God. If they pull out four and they pull out the Thunder card, that's incredible because you jumped to four and four is where the draft starts. Yep. Do you know how much content we have to talk about if they draw the Thunder oh, yeah. at four? Oh, Most gosh. importantly, the pod will thrive. If they draw three... Oh. You get Brandon Miller, probably. I mean, I, I 
Probably. I would. I would think they would take Brandon Miller. Probably. Like, but you get, I don't another, know. you get a Miller. You don't want another John Moran on man. your hands, but yeah, it's a uh, dude. If they pulled three and got Brandon Miller, and then the day they draft him, they got to play many men by fifty cent to so just the rules. <laughs> if they draw two, you get Scoot, and if they draw one, you have the highest potential front court in NBA Maybe history. Ever. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like. I'm not saying they're going to be the best front court to be hit, but the highest potential front court going to be weird. And then the roster cost a billion dollars in four years. Dude, who gives a crap at that point? I know. It might not matter. (laughs) You will start. You pay it. We don't pay by height. We should. Million per wingspan. Yeah. (laughs) Immediately going debt. (laughs) I feel like we got to do the final tankathon spin. Oh, my gosh. On the uncontested podcast. It's only right. It's only yeah. It is time. You gotta Isn't say that what Raf- uh, you gotta say it in Rafiki's voice. That's what I say. Doesn't Rafiki say that? He's dying. I love that you guys both thought that immediately. <laughs> All right, here we go, boys. Boys. I actually the the number of times I have simmed lottery this year compared to last year not so is high. Minuscule. Yeah. Oh yeah. Minuscule. Yeah, I've only done I mean, a handful of times. It'd be mid third quarter losing by twenty to the Pistons in you know February of last yeah. year, and you're just hitting that button to feel something. We didn't have that this year. Exactly. Like we actually five, have winning basketball. Yeah. Five <laughs> spins for every ten points of Thunder are down. <laughs> Man, that Memphis game must have been nuts. Dude, oh, I was up I, all night. I had Twitter threads last year. It was like. I'm going to spin Tankathon 10 times and see what the average is. And I'm like, dude, I got to get my life together. There's something wrong with me. Signs of an addict. Uh, All right, here we go. One Tankathon sim. I wish the NBA would just tease. I wish the NBA would determine the draft lottery by doing a Tankathon sim. (laughs) You know how dope that would be? They just, on ESPN that night, they just pull up Tankathon. Adam hits the button once, and that's what we get. Amazing. That'd be incredible. Um, Predictions on number one. Mm, San Antonio. I'm going to go boring and say Detroit. Give me Portland. I'll take Charlotte. Mm, okay. Oh, wow. oh, man. What a horrible one. It's it's Utah for the listeners. Utah, Utah got one. Houston, Houston at two. Portland a, three, Detroit at four. Scenario. This is the worst scenario. This, yeah, this might be the worst spin we've done. I That's not fun. Would Awful. probably agree. Terrible. Charlotte drops to six. Filthy. Utah, this is Houston, Houston, yeah. Portland, I don't feel Detroit. good about any of this. No. We can't spin it again. I said one spin. Yeah. No. I have. I have self control. You could do spin you? it again. Says the dude that just ate three slices of sopapilla cheesecake for Mother's Day. Nice. Self-control. Your baby. mom must be so proud. I know. And now I'm on here talking about taking my pants off at the draft lottery. You raised a winner, mom. Yeah. I think she listens to the podcast. Mother's too. Day. She did because she was very concerned about the uh the Oh yeah, about Kamiar eating stomach. so many glizzies. That's right. Oh, um, before we move on, I want to ask you guys. We kind of talked about this last week when we did the 2023 mock draft on a, on a tankathon spin. But with the guys that are projected to go lottery, 
and then these lottery teams, like what are the best matches? Yeah. For instance, Taylor had this one last week, but I think Anthony Black to Washington just makes all the sense in the world. They desperately need a point guard, a point of attack defender. They don't need someone that can score the ball a bunch because that's what all their other guys do and they don't play any defense. Like I think Anthony Black and Washington, that's like the perfect match in the lottery. Like what are some other perfect matches that you see? I kind of like this one's another bit of a deeper cut before we go to the Wimbies and the Scoots, but Nick Smith Jr. in Toronto. I was thinking about Toronto as a hmm. team who is losing like Fred potentially losing like a Fred Van Vliet, maybe Gary Trent Jr. and a super versatile combo guard who has been known in the past, obviously battled a lot of injuries, got off to a slow start when he came back, etc. It was a rocky freshman year for for Nick Smith Jr., but um a player who can create his own shot, shoot from outside, and can play make some for others. I think would be a really fun fit with some of the longer um, big guys that that Toronto has right now. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pick. They need someone like that so bad. They need just like a, a more contrast in their in the type of player they have on their roster there. I agree. I really like Taylor Hendricks to the Indiana Pacers. Ooh, I like that a lot. That's get a fun. guy there next to Miles Turner who can space the floor, shoot threes. They can both rim protect. Spot up shooter Ty, for Ty Halliburton. Ty Tyrese would find him time and time and time again. He can. He's a lob threat as well. That's a that's a fun one. Any other like perfect fits that you guys can think of? I kind of like Amin Thompson in San Antonio. Me too. Me too. I, I like that. Yeah. I can't remember if not, I like I Scoot in San Antonio personally. Oh yeah, that is that's fun too. I had uh, Scoot in Portland because I thought Scoot and um, Shaden oh, just yeah, used to be like yeah. a crazy athletic Insane. backcourt. I have like perfect fits, but not in a good way. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes, it does. Who are you sending to Houston? Scoot. Like Scoot in Houston would just yep. be a clown fiesta. <laughs> like th- there'd be way. some really great moments, but like there'd be so much dumpster firing. Like uh, him and Green trying to coexist is fascinating. Yeah, it'd be weird. It could be really, really, very really and Kevin fun Porter Jr. Or really yeah, bad. Right. Yeah. Scoot the, isn't the like an off have... ball guy, right? Like he's Yeah. Not really. Okay, no. I didn't think so. The other one I have is Grady Dick. Just feels like an Indiana Pacer, <laughs> and I definitely just, just or a Jasmine, a, right? Uh, or a Jazz, yeah. yes. Jazz, Jazz or Pacers, definite vibes coming mm-hmm. from Grady Dick. Oh, I don't know. He also, I, I took him in the mock draft this past week to Dallas. Feels like, like he fit. makes a lot of sense in Dallas. Yeah, I like that fit a lot with Luca. Could be interesting. Oh, um, Brandon Miller, Detroit. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that feels like a, a, a good fit. Spacing, feel like they could use a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, For the opposite reasons, Brandon Miller, Miller in Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. Washington about to trade for Jaw. <laughs> yeah. You, um, you picked up what I was putting have in. All the <laughs> Cam, Cam Whitmore, Charlotte. Makes this a lot of sense. feels like a match to me. I actually had Charlotte written down for him, too. I had Houston and Charlotte. Houston for Cam Whitmore. Houston drafts solely hoopers and not basketball players. Yep. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're totally right. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Who's your favorite Wimby team? I know Justin's going to throw a fit when I say this. We're at San Antonio. Yeah, that's mine too. I understand it. Tim Duncan 2.0, baby. I can't. 
I can't support it. I don't want him to go to a team that's going to mismanage the piss out of him and like stunt his like greatness. Do you think it'll matter though? To an extent, I mean, like, look to at how extent, awesome sure. Luca is. And they couldn't even make the damn playing well, game. I keep wondering about Kate. An, that if, would be more of an issue with Luca. Could yeah. be fair. I do I, worry about him going to like Charlotte, and it. Yeah. I don't. I don't want him to go somewhere where it's like, it's Wemby against the regular season and his own team and and like front office. Yeah, I, I don't want him to go to a there. team where the front office is just going to completely ruin any chance they have of doing anything yeah. with him. Okay, right. yeah, or so not, like, so not like Phoenix, 30 million then. a year to Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah, or Phoenix doesn't have like a GM a, anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> they just got an owner. They just have an owner. Um, an owner and assistant. Yeah, um, Houston or, is in the same boat there. Yeah, Charlotte's yes. in the same boat there. I can even see Houston like pushing the button super early. They draft Wimby, Harden decides he wants to come back. They make a big trade to pair along the two of them. And then you have this rookie Wimbenyama coming in with these like high expectations to perform in the playoffs or something. And I just think that's a very unhealthy situation as well. Yeah. Houston's, just using Houston Houston's at the top. Yeah, Houston doesn't have any role best. models. Charlotte's up there for me too, like you guys mentioned. Houston's 100% going to push the button this summer too. This is, Regardless if they land at one or six, they're pushing the button. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good good question from Carrie in the chat. If the lottery is rigged, which team does the NBA want mm. Wimby to go to? With it seeming still fairly realistic, I don't know. Do they want him in a big big market? I think, yeah, That's you want true. him in a big market. I don't think you send him to San Antonio if you're the NBA. It's fair. This is a very biased opinion because we're a Thunder podcast. But if you want to put him in the best place to grow and succeed organically. The Thunder got to be like the top two, right? Also, think it'd be really great for for uh, excuse me for ratings. Also, Scoot. Or I, sorry, um, I don't think they want Wemby and Chet on the same team. I think they want <laughs> no, a rivalry. Yeah, they correct, and Good I point. think and and I think you want them in a big market. I think you probably. Carrie brings up a good one. Uh, Oh, sorry, yeah. just no Dallas. Da- Dallas was one of the ones I was going to say. I was going to say Dallas. I was going to say like um Detroit potentially and then I was going to add um I had a third one in my head and I lost it like Chicago if they jump that's yes. a big market that was it yes Chicago because the yeah the, the storylines in the big market and there'd be so much buzz if Chicago somehow landed it didn't the Blackhawks their... just miracle land yeah, the number did. one pick in the NHL they lottery did. too yeah People in Chicago would be losing their minds. Some strange magic point. there. I've never, I had actually There's not generational... given a single thought to the uh, Dallas pairing, and that makes me just nauseous. I don't want that. That would piss me off. <laughs> I'd be, be so mad. Insane. Yeah, I don't Luke. think they would reward uh, Mark Cuban in such a way. No. No. I still, I'm Houston's still the bottom team. Like, agreed. Their owner's going to try to. Resign Harden with salt grass coupons. <laughs> like he like free steaks. Just the whole setup down there is bad. Bad. It's just bad. Who is the who is the draft pick here that helps Houston's culture and is like a very high ceiling? I mean, high ceiling, high culture, high type of guy. Like, but Scoot. Like, is that uh, Scoot? Is Scoot could just be, gonna come in. I've heard the character. Thompson twins are like incredible kids. Yep. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of places. Um, I don't know. You just need someone that can come in there and just kind of 
demand the locker room, you know? Yep. Just kind of, I am the captain now of this thing. Is it Jairus Walker? He, he's not very much that personality from what I heard. I don't think uh, he's yeah. very his, outspoken. His freshman year. And, hmm. it might I mean, and then bringing in, if you if if they brought in Harden, like, that's not the kind of guy you want bringing in around like a whole Agreed. bunch of questionable young guys. Like, I don't know anything <laughs> about Jalen Green. He could be a nice guy. Kevin Porter Jr., though, you know, yep. like, you don't want to bring James Harden in to, like, be the role model of of those kids no no i mean to be fair if, if harden's going back to houston he's probably not around those kids a whole lot other than games and uh also occasional true. practice <laughs> also true. yeah they hey, might I'll not be guys. old enough to get in the strip club i'll see you guys That's three right. times a week <laughs> oh my god all right Crazy. well let's talk some draft fits for the thunder before we do that though let's take a quick break hear from some sponsors on the other side we are gonna play a thunder Uh, draft prospect game we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back. Okay, gentlemen. Thunder is sitting at 12. Uh, We'll see where they officially land Tuesday night. But I thought it would be fun to just look at some of these lottery prospects, some high guys, some low guys, but talk fit for Oklahoma City, right? Not like highest upside, but which guys would fit OKC stylistically and need-wise. So what I've done I is I definitely I've, did this like in a vacuum prospect versus prospect and not under specific. <laughs> it's okay. 
we're going to go prospect versus prospect. So I've got two guys paired together. I'll give you guys the pairing, and then we will debate which one fits the Thunder better. Again, for fit, we are going, they fit the Thunder style of basketball. This, um, I don't know, high IQ, very cerebral, uh, can do a little bit of everything, um, positional size type of thing, but also can fill a need for the Thunder. Which prospect we would like the better uh, out of the two? Make sense? Yeah. Makes All sense. Right. First one I got. Amen Thompson versus Anthony Black. This is really interesting. Really, really tough one, especially Thunder specific. I feel like to me... And you all, I think, know more about this, especially Taylor. I've listened to your draft episodes with Nick, and I haven't done a ton of like in-depth like personality stuff and things like that. It to me, it seems like Amen certainly has the higher ceiling of the two, but I think in order to maximize that, you need to give him the ball a bunch. You need to give him a long, much longer runway than a guy like Anthony Black, who I think could be more willing to come in and just be plug and play role player, just gets the offense going immediately, kind of like Josh Giddy did in his first year. That's kind of my like high-level view of that matchup. I think that's pretty spot on. Um, and again, that's why this first one is what made me kind of like, whoa, crap, whenever Jacob said Thunder-specific and not Prospect-specific, <laughs> because I, I think you're right. It, the way the team's currently constructed, Anthony Black is so plug-and-play. I think he'd come in and be able to impact the Thunder immediately, uh, like you mentioned, so offensively. Now, he's not the best three-point shooter. <laughs> he, he has decent touch. He has a pretty nice floater. It is kind of weird. There's a lot of similarities there with Josh Giddy. But he, and obviously reached the floor at a very high level, can move off ball some. But he is a great uh, point of attack defender. I think maybe one of the best in the class. And being able to use his length, he's very long. Another uh, Thunder attribute that we've seen recently when Pressy is targeting prospects. Um, and really high IQ on that end of the floor as well. He probably fits better, but even then, I think I want to go ahead and just make a quick case for Amin, simply because not only is he, I mean, the, with the ceiling of this team just be astronomical with Amin, with Shea and Chet um, and Gideon and everyone else, but he's just an insane athlete like we had never really have seen. Like, yes, he can jump out of the gym and is one of the maybe most athletic players immediately coming into the league, but his change of pace and his twitchiness it's like something we've never really seen in the way that like Shay almost manipulates and almost like distorts time with his slow motion, um, you know, long lanky moves. Uh, a man does something similar, but with his like fast twitch uh, quickness, it, it's really interesting and something that the Thunder doesn't really have. Uh, he's a really good finisher around the rim, really good passer and playmaker. Maybe at this probably the same level as Giddy. I think uh, again, it's going to take him a little bit to adjust to the NBA speed, but I think he can get there. And then he has the tools to be a really great defender. Uh, and the effort is there. That's the biggest thing with the Thompson Twins is they're going to work on the jump shot. They're going to work on the defensive end before. I think you might take him in just because of that ceiling when it all comes together. And in the meantime, he could have a similar impact to an Anthony Black. Yeah, I, I think this one's interesting. You guys already hit on on a bunch of great points. I think the Lack of shooting from both is tough when you think mm -hmm. about a Thunder fit. Um, I think it, I it almost Justin, sorry, it almost comes down to like which one do you trust more to grow as a shooter? Yeah, I'm not sure That's I trust either to be That's honest. Fair. They're both like I know we'll use the um the reference of like free throw shooting a lot, 
they're both pretty bad free throw shooters. Yeah. Like they're, it, it's not encouraging. So I think you look at, at least for me, I, I look at the, the other attributes um, beyond shooting. And I think the, I don't know. I, Anthony black um, adds less of an extra dimension to this team. I think what you, you were hitting on Taylor is like, he kind of already fits really nicely in that maybe the thunder already have guys that are kind of doing what Anthony black could do for this team. Strong defense, like kind of fighting over screens, like all that kind of stuff, like connector. We, but yeah, got guys that do that. What we don't have is Amon Thompson. We yeah. don't have a freak athlete. We don't have somebody who's got that like crazy change of speed twitchiness. Like that would be a totally new dynamic to this team. And I think that that makes him the more intriguing prospect to me because I'd love to drop him in some different Thunder lineups and see what would happen. I like that. And just to that point, we talked a lot about this past season, how this Thunder team is the best when they're pushing the ball in transition. And both of these players can do that. But Amin does it at such a high, high level. I mean, that's going to be his thing from the very beginning is a freak athlete in transition. Uh, that can make for a lot of fun highlight reels with Shay and Chet, you know, yeah. running the floor with him. It's exciting. The thing is, though, like, we don't really know with Amin. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to evaluate those those two in that setting. Yep. Like I think the the athleticism translates regardless, right? I think I said this last week. I would love to see them play at the combine. It's Agreed, not gonna totally. it's not gonna happen. No way in hell would it happen because the only <laughs> thing that could happen fired. there is they can tank their stock. There's no way they're raising their stock by playing, but there's a reality where like those two get to summer league and just get freaking cooked and just yeah. look way over their heads. I think there's the a reality where is... they look insane as well, yeah. mm-hmm. but the, the range there is so big. Um, I think Vicini was mentioning that kind of to that point, Jacob, like if you're there, there's, he said there's an argument that could be made that he, that a man maybe has a higher ceiling than a scoot but it's going to take longer to get there uh, potentially. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting one. So it sounds like both Taylor and Justin taking a men. So would you agree with that? I think so. I think so. <laughs> it's hard not to like, they're both just higher. I think he's a, hard, he's a harder fit than Anthony black. I feel like Anthony black could just fit in immediately. Totally. Plug yeah. and play. But a men with Arkansas, which gives yeah. him a leg up. He talked on ESPN about how he watches Shea and Josh and how he likes to watch the Thunder. It's a match made in heaven with Anthony. Um, I think a man does give you the higher ceiling. It's interesting. I don't know. This is a tough one. What's your pick? I'll I'll go contrarian. I'll I'll go Anthony Black. Okay. How did their... Sorry, I don't want to like continue too long on this. Just really quickly. How did their... So Josh Giddy coming in and his, the the way people thought about his three point shot, are they seen as worse than even Josh when he came in, or similar? I think, I think worse is, is worse. I think Anthony Black's probably on par. But that's a good question. Yeah, I think a man is seen as a worse shooter. Yeah, tough. So, tough. Um, I thought Nick brought up a great point. Like Anthony Black, a lot of people want to give the Josh Giddy comp when it might be closer to Lonzo. I like that Lonzo comp. Which is 
a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Like a really fun one. Mm-hmm. All right. Next two prospects. This may be my favorite one. Jairus Walker versus Taylor Hendricks. You had some really good matchups here. Uh, this is probably yeah. the hardest. What do you know? I'm good at my job, Taylor. <laughs> uh, two kind of big forwardy type guys. Um, Justin, why don't you kick us off on this one? Okay. Um, I think what what's interesting about both of these, like you said, um, both kind of physical specimens, six eight, six nine, huge wingspan on Jairus Walker. Like he looks like he belongs on a football field. Um, he just looks so he looks strong. Like he, he could play defensive end at like yeah, oh yeah, a, a major yeah. power He's five conference edge right in the now. NFL. Yeah, it, and I think that what is so exciting about Jairus Walker is thinking about him alongside Chet and the kind of like thunder and lightning combo that you mm-hmm. could have there is super intriguing, but I'm going to go Taylor Hendricks and I'm going to go Taylor Hendricks because of the versatility and the, the shooting 39.4% from behind the arc for Taylor Hendricks. Um, he can like probably play one through five. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we've seen from this Thunder team, you can you can come up with just some absolutely nutty lineups with some of these guys. I think Taylor Hendricks plugs in, whereas Jairus Walker has probably a more limited range of, of where he can fit on the floor. I think Hendricks, you could put all over the place and and play in some, some of those really funky lineups, like thinking about, um, you know, an extreme tall ball lineup versus you know maybe you stick him at the five and do like a weird small ball lineup like i think there's a lot of fun stuff the thunder could do with that um combined with the shooting i think makes him very intriguing definitely so the the one that the thing that sticks out on this one for me need for thunder hendrix has the shooting 100 percent, mm-hmm. right but thunder type of prospect Jairus has the like a little bit of the higher IQ, the short role playmaking, playmaking. some of the the passing, um, the the being able to see the floor and do a lot of things, but the shot's not there. People very much question Jairus's yep. shot. Um, they kind of question his physicality on offense, not defense, which is interesting. He tends to go to the floater a lot on offense. Mid-range when we just said floater. he could he could be an edge in the NFL, like he could bully guys. And he doesn't really on the offensive end. He does on the defensive end. I think both of them bring rebounding. Both of them are versatile defenders. Like this is a difficult one for me. It's almost like, do you take Hendricks shooting now, which would help the team and hope he can develop into a little more of a playmaker, kind of like a Jeremy Grant? Or do you take the cerebral high IQ um, feel for the game and Jairus and hope that with a guy like, um, uh, oh, why am I going blank? Um, England on the roster, uh, on the coaching staff can Chip help. Chip England, there we go. Can help Jairus become a more adequate three-point shooter, right? That's where the conundrum, I think, lies for me. Where do you fall on this, Hilda? It's really, really difficult. I. It's really easy for me to say Taylor Hendricks. Like, really easy. It, like To me, he's like a kind of a Jaden McDaniels type of player, which I've always thought would fit really nicely on onto this roster. 
Um, but all the things you just outlined about Jairus, like this, the his thought process when he's playing, the decision-making, the size that I feel like is really needed next to Chet, all that sounds so enticing. Um, I Ultimately, I, I might go Jairus by just a hair um, because of the size and what I think he can become eventually on offense. Um, I think I'm just betting on the basketball. I think I'm long-term just betting on the basketball IQ and letting Chip figure out the rest, letting Mark figure out the rest. Because uh, I don't think... I know, I don't know what his role would be in the offense. I think ultimately that's what it's going to be. If if this guy that comes in, his, if his role is just going to be play defense, catch and shoot, then it's Hendrix. If you're using him like a glorified J Will or a glorified right. JRE, I think that's almost um, you're not going to be getting the most out of Jarris. Almost like the Houston exactly. team they get the most out of him. I think his 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 mm-hmm. freshman year. But if you're going to like pair him up with Josh and pick and rolls all the time or something like that and have him roll hard yep. to the rim and that's going to be a regular part of your offense, I totally get it. So I don't know. I, I'd probably lean Jairus, Jairus it, just by a bit. It's interesting. One thing that stood out to me, Justin, when you were talking, uh, you mentioned some potential small ball lineups where I don't think you'll probably be able to play Taylor as like a small ball five. You might be able to in some situations. We yeah. obviously saw Kenrich Williams play. I was small about ball to say, five. they played Kenrich Williams at the five. <laughs> you could play like... literally anybody at the small ball five. I think it, it, like playing him as a true small ball five, not just throwing out five players and playing like a five out. Um, I think you can do that with Jairus. I think he can play yeah. some center there. I'm still leaning Taylor both in my fit for the Thunder and prospect overall in the head to head. And again, there's there's attributes of each of these prospects I think that uh, kind of have been overblown, like the lack of playmaking for Hendricks and um, you know so it's like the the ball handling for Jarris. But Taylor Hendricks is an elite elite uh, rim protector, especially from the weak side. His anticipation is really great. He's able to use, utilize that length. Um, and the defensive versatility that you mentioned, Jacob, especially being able to switch ball screens. I think it's really, really impressive. I think Jairus is a little slower in that regard just because he is bigger and thicker. And so I think Hendricks' ability to be able to do that fits his team really, really well and gives you so many options when you have one of Chet or him being able to switch um, the pick and roll and also have one of them uh, to be able to help backside is like incredibly impressive. And then just like some really solid shooting numbers, 40.9% on 130 catch-and-shoot threes this past season. Imagine having that lead of a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter with Dub, uh, Giddy, Shea. That I, I can't get over how awesome that would be. So I, I'm, I'm leading Hendricks here as well. I'm going Jairus. Jairus has been my guy for a while now. I know the shooting's a question. There's a question of like, is he more of a big or more of a wing? I think if any coaching staff can figure out what to do with him, it would be Mark and this yeah. coaching staff. I just, I, I think I Jairus like, was held back a bit this his his freshman year. Yeah, I think they could they could figure some stuff out with him. He's he's a dog. He got that dog in him. I have it on my to do list, but I really want to go back and watch some of his um, high school tape when he was playing. I think it was it wasn't Sunrise. It was the one in Florida. Anyways, um, he played alongside some really good prospects. Uh, Nick told me one time I forgot who he played with, but regardless, he had a bigger role. And so I kind of want to go back and watch that. IMG. And that I, I think uh, uh, IMG. IMG. Thank you. I uh, yeah. this might be blasphemous. <laughs> as far as like, I might get some hate for this. He's kind of got a little bit of Draymond in him. Cheris does. The size, like the versatility, like the defense, playmaking, the passing. There, there's, there's a little shades of Draymond in there, and I hate I, that. Is he an I asshole? Like that. 
I don't think he's an asshole. <laughs> Does he like to punch his teammates? Yes or no? Does he have a podcast? <laughs> All great questions. I don't think so. I'm leaning Jarrus, though, on this one. All right, next matchup. Asar Thompson versus Cam Whitmore. I'll kick us off on this one. Mm. This is the easiest one for me. Um, circle it, put a check mark next to it, bold it, and underline it. I'm going to Star Thompson. Ooh, okay. Uh, does Cam Whitmore have a high upside? Yes. Um, is he like a freakishly large, very powerful athlete? Cam Thompson, kind Cam Thompson, um, <laughs> Cam Whitmore kind of gives me like four inch taller Aunt Edwards vibes. Interesting. As far as like the power athlete stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He just, and I know if Nick were on here and when Nick's listening to this, he's going to like scream at his phone. (laughs) (laughs) The dude doesn't pass. Like it's Carmelo Anthony ish. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it is, it is a black hole. Tunnel vision. 100%. Lots of dribbling. Yes. Lots of like high post, like isolation stuff. Doesn't fit what the Thunder do at all. Like I, I don't know if they would take Cam just because I don't think he fits much of the stuff they like to do. Asar, on the other hand, a little bit better shooter than a men. I think has a higher upside as a shooter. Not as great of an athlete, but it's like a hair below a men. He's still a freak athlete. He's a dog on defense. He makes really good passing reads. Like if a men's ceiling is the John Morant without guns, then a SAR ceiling is like where's this going? John Morant with guns. <laughs> no, more of like a uh I think Keandre comped him to like Andrew Wiggins. Ooh, that's fine. and I really okay, like but... that for the athleticism standpoint. It's like a if Wiggins came in the league and was better at doing what he's doing now and not trying to be who he was those first couple of years in Minnesota yeah. and a way better passer. Like hmm. he could be like an elite level wing. He's already six, eight, like two fifteen. You could plug him in at the four. Give me a SAR every day. Like I think a SAR Thompson is my trade up guy in this draft for the Thunder. Jacob, you oh trade up guy like that. Wow. Um, right, outside of the top three, I, I'm yeah. in every yeah. conversation. I'm excluding the top three. Those are right. completely off limits. But if Asar's on the board at like seven or eight, that's yeah. my guy. Like, go get him. He, I feel like he fits so much of what they want to do. You don't have to uh, wonder, uh, hypothetical, if Nick is looking or listening on his phone. Um, he is because he quickly sent me a text and gave me the the IMG Academy guys that Jarris Walker played with. Played with Jaden <laughs> Bradley out of Alabama, who <laughs> just transferred. Uh, Keontae George, Jet Howard, uh, alongside Jarris. So I would do want to go back and watch that tape. But – I agree with you. This is one that I had Cam uh, listed because when I was thinking it was just like in a vacuum head-to-head prospects uh, for the Thunder specifically, I like a SAR. I think the only other things to mention, uh, you did a really good job of also elite in transition, uh, a grab-and-go guy who can guard one through four, can rip a rebound down and put the ball on the floor and create for teammates. But he also moves off ball really well in terms of getting himself open for shots. He's not a player like a man. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's had the ball in his hand plenty growing up but he's used to playing with them in and therefore without the ball in his hands. So he has some better off ball skills. Um, so because of that, I think he fits really well. Also. KOC had a uh, comp for a, a that was Sean Livingston with more athleticism. 
That's fun. That's crazy. I That's love really that fun. comp. And Sean was a freak athlete. Pre. Exactly. Like I feel robbed of the Sean Livingston mm-hmm. experience because of the first time um, when he was in Oklahoma city. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'd love to like, let's, let's take another, another swing at that. I think everything you guys said, I think he fits really nicely. I think he brings again, like a unique dimension, but also fits in really nicely with this team. Cam, I I'm I'm with you, Jacob. It's a there's a lot of dribbling. I think he'd make a great rocket. He's a great player, but he's not a Thunder player. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cam can help a lot of teams, I think, for a team that needs scoring, just needs one-on-one shot creation. We'll let him make mistakes. We'll teach him how to make, you know, make actually pass the ball more than he does now. But yeah, I'm Asar is the pick for, for OKC here, I think. You know what's interesting? I mentioned that Keandre gave the Shades of Andrew Wiggins comp for Asar. Justin mentioned KOC going Sean Livingston, but more athletic. And somebody else gave him an Andre Iguodala comp. Ooh. You know what that All tells warriors. me? Is, well, A, Warriors, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but B, those are three very different types of guys. Yeah. Asar... To me, that tells me like Asar is very moldable. He can fit kind of what whatever you want to mold him into. Yeah, I like that, and I think that's really fascinating. His his comps are all over the board. No one really knows what exactly he is, but they all think whatever he does end up doing, he's going to be good at. Mark Dagnall loves to mold. <laughs> this is somebody true. somebody <laughs> used a phrase uh, NBA chameleon, and um, when talking about a prospect here back in the, during the college season. And yeah, I like that. He's a chameleon. All right. Next one. Silva, you get to kick us off on this next one. Whoa. We've got ah. two guards. Ah, the two <laughs> prospects I know the least about. It is <laughs> case on Wallace and old Kobe Buffkin, Kobe Buffkin, Buffkin and case Wallace boy. Um, I'm going to say, did you say case on? Yes. Like he's the Vietnamese city of Kaysan. How do you pronounce it? The Kaysan. Kaysan. Okay. Kaysan. Sorry, Kaysan, if you're listening. Casey Kaysan. Um, no, uh, I know a little bit more about Buffkin. Um, to me, I don't know if either of these players will... You're taking one of these players to, I assume, come off the bench and take up kind of the Trey Man-ish role as far as handling the ball from the bench, creating opportunities for others. Um, I, I would probably lean a bit more towards the Buffkin range uh, for some of the tools that he brings. Um, but truly, I'm going to roll the ball over to you other three and say, hey, <laughs> help me make the decision. Justin, you have thoughts? <laughs> that was well done. I, I, um, <laughs> I don't know much about Buffkin, transparently, other than that he is from Michigan. <laughs> I know a lot about Buffkin. I have you guys covered on Buffkin. Okay, maybe I'll let Taylor talk about Buffkin it. before I make a decision. <laughs> Touche. I, I my my choice here is Casey Wallace. There's just something about Kentucky guards and Ooh. not having the mm-hmm. the best offensive system in college, and then showing way more whenever they get to the pros. Casey is a great defender. Like he's like swatting dudes at the rim and ripping the ball from guys and pressuring full court. Like he's an awesome defender. I love that aspect of his game and he can shoot. And I know like the argument's going to be like, Oh, Kobe Buffkin can, can shoot and can pick and roll and yada, yada, yada. Um, 
I don't know. I'm just not there on Kobe Bufkin. Like I've seen a lot of Kobe Bufkin type players come in the league and not make it like Trey Mann. And yeah. Trey Mann could still turn it around, but I just feel like we get those guys all the time. I feel like Cason Wallace is maybe a higher floor type of guy. Um, he's thicker. He's more defensive minded. Um, he can, I mean, he plays point guard. He, he can pass. He's like six, four. I like the size a little bit more. I just, I'm going to point of attack defense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, so this is another one where I went ahead and went with Buffkin in a vacuum, but I think for the Thunder team, I probably like Cason Wallace more, um, for them specifically. Like, I think the way we talked about Anthony black, how you can just plug and play him immediately. And he have an impact his rookie season compared to another guy who would kind of have to grow, or there could be some more growing pains. Um, I think that's Cason Wallace in a, in a similar vein for the reasons that Jacob mentioned. I did go with Buffkin in a vacuum for a, a couple different reasons. One, he's a leader around the rim, uh, shot around 67% of the rim. Granted, he's not good at absorbing contact because he's still very thin. Uh, that can come along. I mean, he has a really good frame. He's very long. So there's a thunderbox to check, but also I think he can put weight on. He's never going to be one to like absorb contact, but regardless, he has moves to be able to get to the rim and finishes uh, at a high level. Uh, he also reads the game at a high level, not the same way and not nearly as flashy as like a, a men or a, a Anthony Black, but he does make really solid reads. Um, he has a really solid, solid step back shot, uh, three point shot, which I think is where sometimes you see the Trey Man comparisons. They aren't super identical, but uh, they do have that step back, and I think his is solid as well. And he shot 30 simple. <laughs> can't talk 37 percent off catch and shoot threes which obviously is something i've been looking at a lot of um when thinking of like isaiah joe and how he performed with the shays and um and dubs and giddies um, this season so he's a good on ball but not as good as Kaysen. i think Kaysen's the fit here for okc i i like Kaysen's um defense i like the the you know the flashy blocks, the steals. Yeah, the steals. I like the way that that I think he he's got like if Kenny Hustle and Lou Dort had a defensive baby, where you get like they're just flying all over the court, but also like can hound guys. I, I really like that and what that could bring. And and when I know we've discussed it before, like in a world where Lou Dort is no longer on the Thunder, Casey Wallace could be a really nice kind of like next gen replacement for that um with better shooting than Lou Dort um with some more things that I think you don't get currently in that position um but I'm mostly basing this just off what I know about Kaysen because I don't know a ton about Buffkin even though Taylor just did a great job explaining him <laughs> all right I last look at Kaysen more last uh comparison let's go Grady Dick versus Jordan Hawkins. Silva, you might you know more about these two? I do. Okay, take it off. Wait, okay. wait, wait. <laughs> take off with it. Don't take it off. I'm going to take it and run. <laughs> there you go. Uh, take off, not take it off. Um, if you so want to take it off, you can, but <laughs> All right, we're going to have to get some of those comments where people are donating dollars <laughs> first. Uh, that's for a different stream. Um, uh, <laughs> so my impression between well one i'm gonna have a hard time choosing grady dick because i will not be able to handle all of the memes i don't want another memeable white man on this roster I, that's just what i've said before we're way over the limit we are that we absolutely are. <laughs> so just but just looking at them as players grady to me appears to have the higher ceiling 
but Jordan Hawkins brings more ready to go intangibles as far as handling the ball. Uh, I believe he's a better defender than Grady. Uh, Grady isn't like a horrible defender, but he's, he's more cerebral on that end, just kind of fits into a team defense. Um, Jordan, also a great shooter. I feel like for fitting onto this Thunder team that already has a ton of ball handlers, I think Grady would be my pick there. Just catch and shoot, fire away, get a ton of shots up, make the right pass, which I believe Grady could do on that roster. I think I lean Hawkins. Um, also, because like you just physically can't have a Chet and a Grady on a team. Like there, that's in <laughs> yeah. the. I think that's in the new CBA. It's not allowed. <laughs> but beyond that, um, I think. I think Hawkins can do everything you just said of like why you like Grady Dick. I think Hawkins similar, right? Like they seem similar. Shoot, they seem can, really similar. Can can work off ball. I like Hawkins defense more than I like Grady Dick's defense. Um it's fair. And I I've said it before but like Grady Dick is just my like irrational hater pick of the year. Um, much like we went through a lot of our, our complete whiffs on that front a few pods ago, but like, like, uh, Nick used to crap on Tyler hero mercilessly. That's me and Grady Dick. T-Rex arms. Yeah. Fair. I don't, I don't have a, I, I don't have a strong rational reason, but I just, he's, he's not it for me. So I'm going Hawkins. That's fair. He has an annoying face. He has Mine, a punchable I mean, very punchable face. <laughs> I agree. It comes down to me. I'm flip side of you, Justin. I kind of like Grady Dick's defense better than Jordan Hawkins. Hmm. Um, Hawkins is like a, a year older and Grady's three inches taller. That's where, and I think Grady can do more offensively. Jordan can run off a lot of screens and move without the ball and shoot. I think Grady can do that, but Grady can also cut and Grady can offensive rebound. And I think there's more avenues for Grady to do things that Jordan cannot. Um, I think like if the role was strictly be like a catch and shoot type of guy, maybe it is Jordan Hawkins, but we know with the thunder, they don't want guys to just catch and shoot. They want them to be able to do everything. And I think Grady is closer to that than Jordan is. How long until Grady and Chet are like wearing silk and holding like hundred dollar bills on TikTok? Oh my God. <laughs> It's already happening. <laughs> Hair gel. Uh, yeah. My only my only di- disagreement, I think, would be on the defense. I, I don't know. I I don't... Hey, I, <laughs> the comments in the chat are already unhinged, which is just proving why Grady Dick cannot be on this team. Um, Fair. I don't know, man. I, 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 don't, I don't buy the defense with Grady. So that's... that's what I had down is so I, I don't think Grady either Dick's, of them are great defenders. Yeah. Like by any stretch. True. I had with Grady Dick, he's a very good team defender and has good defensive IQ and instincts, but it's not great on ball. And I think strength is probably the primary primary issue there. I just like I, we talk so much about length, but I think <laughs> sometimes we have to talk about girth. <laughs> and I think that like think about this team and what great length they have. <laughs> Grady Dick's not adding a lot of girth. And I think that you already have a lot of players that are long and skinny. And I think length can only get you so far. 
<laughs> I have to stop. That's what she said. I'm not joking, we though. We need a clip. My no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no more thin boys. But what about when he explodes offensively? Stop it. And now we go to ads. <laughs> Too far. Too I far. Think they need to draft Grady so every time he blocks a shot, we can call it a cock block. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after the short break. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Silva, before we end the night, we got to do some around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Well, fellas, conference finals are set. The NBA script writers are one step closer to their Lakers-Celtics finals. We've got the NBA bubble all over again. That's what I was going to say. The script writers really working hard to dispel the bubble basketball is not real basketball. Exactly. We've got Lakers-Nuggets. We've got Celtics-Heat. I don't want to spend long on this because every podcast that has anything to do with the NBA is going to be talking about this. So just real quick, each of you give me your 15 second spiel on the Western conference finals, who wins and how many games. Silva, start us off. I'm going with the nuggets winning in six games. Uh, And a lot of people, especially in the national media, picking the Lakers. uh, I think, a lot of that falls under the, them just being the Lakers. Uh, just to be frank, a lot of people don't watch the Nuggets regularly, but they have a deeper and better team, I think. I think Jokic is going to be the best player in the series uh, by quite a bit. Um, and Anthony Davis, as we saw in the last series, up and down, up and down, up and down. Jok- Jokic is incredible always. So I'm going Nuggets in six. Taylor? This one's really, really tough for me too. Um, I think I'll go Nuggets in seven. 
Uh, I'll definitely be cheering for the Nuggets, but I think it's going to be a tougher matchup for them than the Suns because with the Suns, they were just able to basically make sure nobody, like let KD, let Booker cook, make sure nobody else does anything, which is pretty easy when they didn't really have anybody else around them. Uh, but with the Lakers, they're so much deeper than what the Suns were. And I think these other guys are, are going to be able to step up and make it more challenging for Denver. But I still like the way Denver's playing. So I'll go with Denver in seven. Justin? Nuggets in five. Hey. Boom. I, I think the, the, you know, props to the Lakers. They've looked like a completely different team post trade deadline. And like, that's not the first time that's happened with the Lakers, with the LeBron Lakers, even specifically, like we referenced the bubble. Like we we've seen this movie before. I think the Nuggets are just really freaking good. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Jokic, let Silva hit on it. Jokic on AD is going to be a, a matchup to watch. For sure, but I I think I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Nuggets uh, come out and punch the Lakers in the face a little bit. Nuggets are the number one seed for a reason. They're really good. Uh, Taylor Taylor was talking about like Lakers depth, which maybe like if my depth is D'Angelo Russell, like I'm not feeling great about it. The Nuggets are like legitimately deep. I love the matchups. Yeah. Jokic versus AD. Yep. Uh, Aaron Gordon guarding LeBron James is phenomenal. Um, you got Jamal Murray versus Austin Reeves. Like, I think I think this is a series where Jamal could cook. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is like a fine defender. Mm. I think Jamal could cook in this series. Yep. Um, and the Nuggets just go deeper. KCP, Michael Porter Jr. Like, they've got a lot of guys who can Bruce really Brown. play. Bruce Brown has been awesome in the playoffs. Um this is the the first team that the Lakers are going up against that actually like has size in the playoffs. Yep. Like by far. Yep. Um give me nuggets and six as well. Let's jump out east. Your 15 second spiel for Boston versus Miami. Justin, your first up. I'm going Boston, but I love Jimmy. Like I unabashedly love Jimmy Butler. And the fact that they're sitting here in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think is is incredible given where they like they were the same seed in the East that the Thunder were in the West. And I think thinking about it in that perspective is kind of crazy. And that's really just the Jimmy Butler effect. I think that's that's what's been so interesting about yes, it's the same teams as the bubble, but the storylines are the same. I just mentioned it with the Lakers, like turning over the roster post trade deadline, but also just like Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butlering them to the finals <laughs> is happening again. But I think the, the Celtics, they turned it on late in that Sixers series after looking like cheeks early on. And I, I think that momentum will continue. Taylor. That's kind of how I feel as well. The zombie heat never die, no matter when we think they will or that they should. They they never die and, and often due to Jimmy or a big BAM game or Gabe Vincent stepping up. Um, Spolster is a great coach, but at the end of the day, we saw the Celtics play at a level uh, specifically today, but also just that, that series in general um, that I don't think we've seen. Maybe any other team besides Denver step up to. I just think um, I think they'll, they'll handle it pretty pretty easily i'm gonna go celtics in five get a little spicy mm. i realized i i didn't actually make a prediction i'm going celtics <laughs> in six by the way silva uh i think miami has a pretty wide coaching advantage in this series but i ultimately think the celtics are going to go as far as jason tatum will take them 
Um, he is 24, I think, about to be 25, uh, or he might be 25 already with a ton of expectations. Same age as SGA, basically, and has insane pressure and expectations on him. That is crazy. Uh, we saw what he could do tonight whenever he can channel some of that and be consistent. He just attacked Joel Embiid over and over and over and looked incredible. But we saw him fall asleep for halves in this series as well. So it depends on what Jason Tatum we get. But uh, ultimately, I think Celtics in six. I'll take Celtics in six as well. I don't want either of them to win. I, I don't like this series at all. <laughs> I would have much rather preferred Sixers-Knicks. Um, not a Heat fan, not a Boston fan. I think Boston eventually gets it done. The Heat are just going to run out of gas. The Heat love to play that zone. Boston's going to shoot the piss out of the ball against that zone and bust it up. Um, Jimmy is awesome, but they got so many guys that can throw at Jimmy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you got Jalen Brown, and then you got Jason Tatum, and then you got Malcolm Brogdon, and then you got Marcus Smart. Smart it's like, yeah. Derek, Derek White. White. Then you got Derek White. Yeah. Grant Williams. Um, switch. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Lowry is like starting to put his second foot in the grave. Um, <laughs> give me, give me Boston in six. What I'm more interested in talking about than the conference finals, guys, are the four teams that lost the semifinals. That would be the New York Knicks, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Phoenix Suns, and the Golden State Warriors. Three of those teams had not only title aspirations, but I would maybe say title expectations this season and lost in round two. We've already seen some turnover with the Suns firing Monty Williams, uh, which I think is questionable. Mm -hmm. It's arguably to be, be questionable. Apparently, owner Matt Ishbia made that decision. The GM isn't making the decisions the owner is. There's already talks of Harden being out of Philly. Um, GM Bob Myers leaving the Golden State Warriors. Phoenix Clay and trading up for extensions. And... Yeah, Phoenix trading Chris and and DeAndre Ayton. Um, so my question is, and we can probably leave New York out of this. I think they're just going to run it back next year. Jalen Brunson's a dog. Um, RJ Barrett is awesome. Of those other three, which is the one that experiences the biggest shift or change, um, roster wise or whatever this off season? Phoenix already has a head a heads up on the on this game right now, but which team like changes the most this offseason of those three? Which there are three teams at the very top of the NBA again. Title expectations. I feel like we're going to see a lot of stuff shift this summer, but of those three specifically, which one is the one that sees the most change? I'm torn between Philly and Phoenix. Phoenix feels like an easy choice because I'm not convinced that uh, their new owner's gonna keep anything the same. Like, it seems like he just really wants to put his stamp on things. You're not gonna get rid of KD after you just moved to get him. You're not getting rid of Booker, but like anybody else is probably on the table. And I think, depending on who the new coach is, that may play a factor in like where that team goes. I think it could look vastly different next season. I think it's a massive mistake. I think that like firing Monty was a massive mistake. I think they're going to continue to make mistakes and overreact. And it's going to feel very similar to Kevin Durant's last stop, where it's like we're, we're trying too hard. 
to overhaul the roster for with Kevin Durant. Like we have Kevin Durant, we have to do something. And I think it it's going to spiral Philly. On the other hand, like does the Maury doc love affair finally end? I think it I wouldn't does. be surprised if we get that Woj notification tomorrow. I, I think it does. I think Harden is a prime candidate to leave the post game comments from Joel are weird, even though some of the videos were probably not properly uh, depicted and edited. I think it, the, there's still some things underneath the surface. It seems like in Philly um, uh, that nothing, nothing would surprise me there in terms of like semi blowing that thing up. Yeah. Philly gets the, uh, this sounder from me. I don't want to be around anymore. They have had uh, just, I kind of lost all faith in, in that core of players after that game six loss where they just kind of gave up with like three minutes Stopped left. Playing. Stop playing. I was like, well, okay, why are we even here? What are you doing here? Um, like Boston was ready to lose that series for sure. Um, and Philly gave it up and I don't know where they go from here. I don't think, I don't know if you bring Doc back. Like, I mean, the guy just keeps losing uh in the playoffs playoff series yeah uh harden maybe leaves and then and then what's left if harden walks they are screwed that's what i was just thinking because if he walks you're not replacing that guy no especially with the new cba rules yep so then i mentioned this i mentioned this in our in our i mean i think they have to run it back with Embiid and see what happens one thing they could do, I mentioned this in the Slack, and none of you jerks answered me. So I'm ans- asking you in person on the pod and forcing you to answer me. <laughs> if Harden walks, Tobias Harris going in the last year of his deal, making about thirty million. The Thunder are projected to, if they want to be a cap space team, have thirty-two million. Yeah. Would you absorb the um, Tobias Harris contract if Philly took that 2025 top four protected pick they owe the Thunder? And just unprotected it. Oh, no, I don't think tough. I don't think so. <laughs> that's not enough. I I don't uh I just don't see the top four protection really really coming into play. I think that's Philly. fair. And I think that the Thunder, like maybe two years ago, that feels like a no brainer for the Thunder of like yes, that's totally worth the swing. I don't know if that's true of current Thunder. Yeah, twenty twenty five though. That's two too. years away. What if they lose Harden? They're trading Tobias. Embiid the hurt. next summer, Embiid decides he wants out. Yeah, and this thing gets torn down to the studs, and they decide, hey, let's just bottom out. We only owe the Thunder one pick. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, I, I, I don't love it. Yeah, but I, that would make sense to me. as something that the Thunder would sniff around. Joel is yeah. about to be thirty. That's crazy. He he does seem younger. Yeah, he seems not. younger. I think he I seems think so. older. Really, the way he moves, he, he moves, moves like, oh, like yeah. as much. Yeah, he moves, he moves like, like a thirty-four-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, easy with the shots. <laughs> I just see a uh, Gold State. I assume will have quite a bit of change, not with yeah. their core, but everyone around the core. Did you see yeah. Kuminga, Kuminga put it out Jordan there that he Poole. wants to be traded? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that that. Shams article that dropped as the buzzer sounded <laughs> like coming basically said if uh-huh. Kaminga doesn't get a guaranteed starting spot next year he's gonna look to move on he's gonna want to get traded that right there to me taking a different course 
says so much about why Kaminga was not a Thunder guy. That's yep. a good point. That it is just anti-Thunder mentality. I, I don't think they're going to move on from Clay and Draymond. Like, I think... They're stuck, man. They I owe it to them. Yeah, I think at this point, it's let's push for more titles and run this into the ground. Correct. And then we'll we'll deal with the after effects when they get Agreed. here. Because we but they can't do the two timeline thing anymore. Yeah. Um, that's tough because I think Shams also said that if they like get a new deal, like if Draymond opts out and signs a new contract or they extend this one, and Clay and Poole and Andrew and Steph, all those contracts with tax dollars, they're looking at half a bill next year. <laughs> that's insane. That's, that's insane. insane. I could definitely see them trading Kaminga and trying to to mm-hmm. upgrade and get them get somebody that's more ready to play now. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, if they want to send Moses Moody this way, I was, I was thinking about I, I drop I drop a handful of picks to him for Moses Moody and. You can go trade those picks for something. Yep, I love that idea. Light years ahead in spending. I mean, all these teams are going to have significant change. Apparently, guys... their ownership isn't interested in spending that much. Which, yeah, that's I get it. that's silly money. Yeah, that's, like that is in, silly yeah. money. Correct. Um, you got to be bringing titles home with that kind of money. Yep. <laughs> Not for that's, players at that age. Yeah, insane, dude. Um, their GM might be walking out the door. Sounds like the assistant GM might step up if that's Mike the case. Dunleavy and, uh, Jr. might get the oh, job. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not great. That's a, that's pretty significant. Um, that shakes up that whole dynamic. And then Phoenix, like obviously Monty's out the door, but yeah. it sounds like if you're not Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, <laughs> you yeah. might not be on that roster. Not much to work with. Exactly. Agreed. So Aiden's contract. That's Aiden tough. makes me so sad. He was awesome when they went to the finals. That one playoff, yes. that playoff run. He was like defending he, Jokic, doing yep. it all. Hey, he got the bag. Yeah, yeah, and he, he did. just and that was all. That's it. It's kind of wild. Crazy. <laughs> um, I wonder what happens with CP3. Bleacher report saying that the big move the Thunder need to make this summer DeAndre is a DeAndre Aiden, Aiden trade. Tells Pass. me A. They've never watched the Thunder or listened to anything the organization has said. Yeah. Hard also, guys. be no, no, like, no offense to any of the Bleacher Reporter writers. Um, we've had Bleacher Reporter guys on here. Dan is the goat. I love Dan, and I know Dan didn't write that. But Bleacher Report is also the one that dropped that top twenty-four under twenty-four and put Shea at like twenty-two and Taylor Horton Tucker at twelve. So maybe <laughs> let's pump the brakes a little bit on what they're putting out there. On opinion pieces. <laughs> Agreed. Interesting stuff. I think we could see big changes from all three of those franchises. What what it showcases is, we've talked about this before, is the weight of expectations. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're seeing it on all four of those franchises, but especially yep. the three we talked about with the changeover. Like, their expectations were titles, like you said, Jacob. They have to do something because you can't just run it back. It's the same conversations we were having after Russ and PG flamed out in the playoffs. It's like, okay, they have to change something, but you're so stuck at that point. Yeah. Well, which makes where the Thunder are at now, when you have more of the flexibility, so important because you have to get those guys in place before you get to that point of being stuck. Yeah. I would argue 
the best course of action for Phoenix was to run it back. Correct. They yes. had five games of sample with those guys before yes. the playoffs started. Uh, to me, correct. that it's not they sh- they got stuck and couldn't run it back for Phoenix. To me, they it's got impatient. impatience and short-sightedness, and that is one thing we know the Thunder will not have. That's exactly. True. Yep. So expectations Sam like and a damn turtle. <laughs> like <laughs> impatience is not a thing. He's going to run his own race, one hundred percent. You know who else is running their own race? John Morant. <laughs> F- facing a lengthy suspension to start next season. Ooh, see, that makes the West even more interesting. What's yeah. lengthy? Um, I mean, it's so subjective. Someone reported that it could be half this season. I was oh, about to say 50 games. Crap. Yeah. Oof. I don't think so. Some like I was thinking more like a quarter of the games, which still is significant. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was half. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, heard, I would be a little surprised. I heard Woj say today that uh, Adam Silver showed a lot of restraint in Jaw's first suspension because Jaw was like, I'll never do this again. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm going to get help. And then now. And now. Fool me once. Yeah. <laughs> tough. Shame on tough. you. Fool I tweeted this again. You can't fool me again. George Bush. <laughs> Makes you think a great of uh, quote. J. Cole, too. Um, Yes, very much. I tweeted. I didn't know that I was George Bush. Out, though. Like at this yeah, it's a George Bush quote. You didn't know that? <laughs> I was barely alive when George was president. <laughs> oh, my God, you child. Crazy. <laughs> uh, I don't remember 9-11. <laughs> wow. Play, play the sounder. Play the sounder, please. Which one? The, the one the that outro. Ends the, we gotta the one close that ends thing. the podcast before oh. you say anything else. <laughs> we have no Silva sounders. That one That's has true. to get ripped. That cannot. No, that is not allowed to be a sounder. <laughs> also, I was thinking whenever our intro was playing, we need new like calls that are more updated than a year and a half ago. Yeah, we should definitely put the call whenever Kenrich Williams almost punched Rudy yes. Gobert in the back of yeah, the head. That would be perfect for this podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for checking out the Uncontested Tuesday Night Draft Lottery. Wear your lucky socks. Kiss your mother. Put a was is it lucky to like put a penny in your sock? Go get a fortune cookie. I don't know. Do something. One point seven percent, I think, is what the odds are. One point two. It's low, Never but it's not too low. We got a chance, boys. We will be live Tuesday night after the draft lottery, nine p.m. Central Time. If they stay at twelve. Right after the draft water, if they jump to four, they slide to 14. We might not even podcast. (laughs) You guys have a great start of your week. We'll be with you in two days. Until then, enjoy the conference finals. We'll talk to you soon. Thunder up.